The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. I think that seeing just Frank ripped, I'm sure he's got the Ricardo Montalban as con <laughs> chest yeah, and just, saying, yeah. just the traps, you know, doing some good pull downs and some biceps, triceps. Frank yes, yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Big J. In just a moment, I will be showing you the Star Trek fan film Dive from Constar Chronicles. Afterwards, please join our critical, not cynical review and reaction. Without further ado, here's Dive from Constar Chronicles. So, there was a ship. One ship. One ship at first. And this ship. What was the type of ship? Constitution class. I know that much for certain. I can assure you, Captain Garth, we don't have any Constitution class starships out that far. He said he would say that. Who? Who said that? He said his name was Menard, and he was commanding officer of that ship. I happen to know for a fact we don't have any commanding officers named Menard, and there is no nebula out that far. The fact that you survived the battle... Look, Connie, this has nothing to do with the war. I know what happened to us in that nebula. Sometimes when a person has had a trauma, something so profound that's impacted them, they need to take a step back before they lose themselves entirely. Admiral, that's not what this was. This man, he knew me. He said I would do great things one day and that I would guide him. Isn't that how most hallucinations go, old friend? No one ever says, you're not vital, so just sit this one out. I know, I know, but that's not what this was. Have your doc check me out when we get back. Misinformed people think they're telling the truth. You have to allow for that. 
and you should allow for the possibility that something happened out there. Something besides the battle. Something besides the battle. Whatever that ship did, they helped us and then sent us on our way. No sensors, no records, no eyewitnesses, except you. Do you need more? Honestly, until further notice, take a break. You know how to reach me, Admiral. Garth, don't be that. <sighs> Computer, get me the USS Ajax. sir. What may I do for you? Lieutenant, I was trying to reach Captain Boone. Yes, sir. He and a good part of the senior staff are on the planet. During wartime? Well... During wartime? Sir, you know the captain and his search for the Gorn. I'm just here keeping the lights on until he gets home. It's awfully kind of you. That kind of thinking is either going to get him promoted or killed. True. In either case, what can I do for you? You were the furthest out since we pushed back in the war. I wanted to know if there was anything strange in the area. Strange as in... Any anomalies? Well, anomalies are kind of my specialty. I'm used to seeing all kinds of things and keeping my head on, so I'd say you came to the right person. No, nothing on sensors. That's what I thought. It would help if I could, shall we say, narrow the search. Any nebula or gaseous cloud? No, dry as a bone. A bone on a desert, not a fresh one, like, you know. I get your drift, Lieutenant. Let's just call it good. Anything comes up, you let me know. You could call the Starship Dominion. I think they're also in this sector. She just lost her captain, but I don't think she's been recalled yet. Well, I'm glad I could be of some service. If I need you, I'll know where to call. Slater out. Computer, get me the USS Dominion. Commander, how are you adjusting to things? As good as can be expected, sir. Good. We may need you to monitor the Gorn-Romulan border a while longer. I certainly understand that. You can count on us. I don't expect anything since the Klingons are roaming like bats out of hell, but just in case, no frontline action. None? Not until your promotion. Besides, the war has cooled quite a bit. Nothing direct with us anymore. Like you said, roaming. Let's hope it stays that way. We can handle that. Agreed. Now, a promotion? I wasn't aware that I was getting one. Well, 
After Comet CBT-5 and you saving your ship, Starfleet couldn't help but see the promise in that. Normally something like that would have killed you. Well, I was lucky. I'll say that. Once you all return to Starfleet headquarters, there'll be a full workup. I was concerned about the side effect. A few loose hairs are really not a need for concern. Maybe not. But to be perfectly honest, I don't see how you manage a head of hair that looks that good. But if this is part of a larger thing... I understand. I'd hate to go premature bald. <laughs> no one wants that, Sam. But listen, the reason I called is really simple. Besides the comet, has there been anything out of the ordinary? Any anomalies? Ships? No, it's been pretty quiet, especially for wartime. So why? Just checking on something for a friend. No, nothing out here. And after losing the captain, I guess we just need some calm out here. So does Garth at this point. Garth? What does he have to do with anything? Okay. Off the record? Yeah, of course, as always. He says there was a ship in a nebula. The Ares got caught in some disturbance, and it was suddenly in a nebula. And a ship came to rescue them. A ship? Constitution class. With a captain by the name of Menard. The only Menard I know is Eric Menard. Who is this now? He's an up-and-coming engineer. As a matter of fact, he helped design the Ares class. How did this get past me? I only know because his father and I served on the Nimitz together. Do you know where he is now? The last I heard, he was on the Hercules. But with all the stale information that's going around since it's a while ago, I'm not sure where he is right now. Engineer, huh? Yeah, Lieutenant Junior Grade, if I recall. I'll look him up, see what I can find. Maybe he can shed some light on this. Continue to monitor the entire system. Any excitement? I promise you'll be the first to know. Good. Slater out. Computer. Locate and contact Lieutenant Junior Grade Eric Menard. I um I I don't I don't know what you're talking about. It has been suggested that you were involved in an incident regarding a nebula at the coordinates I sent you. Know anything about it? I don't think so, Admiral. Is, is that for stellar cartography? No. Um is this is this one of the gas samples from Professor Maury's class? Um, no. Can you state your whereabouts for the past week? Um, I have a dog, and um, well, he won't stop running, and uh, he he. 
he has really long ears and he trips over them. Long ears? Yeah, he's a, a cocker spaniel. Um, and, and my other dog, he, he has um, a, a, a bit of a, 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 a hugging problem. Um, if, if, if you want to call it that. Um, so keeping them apart is, is kind of a, a full-time, a full, a full-time job, uh, on top of the one I already have. Um, so. I'm getting more than I think I needed, Lieutenant. I, 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 I don't even wear shorts around them anymore. Wow. Okay. I think I have all I need. Okay, good. I was going to ask if we were about done. I had a milkshake for lunch. <sighs> Lieutenant, by all means, go. Nothing would please me more. Okay. Okay, Menard out. Open a comm channel to Captain Garth. Do you need more? I don't know what to tell you, Kev. There's just not anything there. I know what happened in that nebula. Okay. Okay. After this ship came up to the Ares, what then? They helped us, and then they sent us on our way. Is there anything else you do remember? No. They left you. In a nebula. And then they sent us on our way. Someone else communicating with you? What did they say? I'm not surprised. There have been rips in space tearing everything apart. I can't explain it. The overall outlook of space looks the same, but ships and territories, they don't look at all familiar. Fair enough. It's nice to know we have each other's backs out here. Commander, I assure you that will always be the case. If the splashdown ever needs a hand, you let me know. Menard out. I believe you. The trouble is, the facts don't back you up. I think the Antos system is a good fit. The fourth planet was showing unusual signs last time we sent a probe that way. Your new orders will be on their way in a few days. Get some rest, Garth. Slater out. Computer, send all communications and logs from these events to Chief Deputy Funk of Elba 2. Working. Mark classified and send a personal note, also classified. Miss Funk, you're about to move up the ranks very quickly. Computer, send. Working.
Welcome back to Critical Not Cynical. This is Big J with Beyond Trek Podcast. I'm joined with Nico and also Frank and Vance from Critical Not Cynical. And we're going to be talking about Dive, the film you just watched from Constar Chronicles. And I know that Nico wants to start off because she's the one that's got the big question for tonight. So I was wondering about the hair. <laughs> what hair? <laughs> the, crazy, the crazy wigs that you and Vance were wearing. I couldn't believe it. that was a trip. It's all natural, baby. <laughs> it was great. I was cracking up. It was good, especially Frank's. Look at yours. Where do you get that? That bouffant? <laughs> I, what we had done is... Originally, what uh, we said, well, you know, we've got to look younger. I said, well, I'll go out and get a black wig and throw it on there. And, I'll, and actually, that's the other thing that you guys may not have noticed. I actually shaved for this one because I knew I wasn't going to shoot. So I shot it down because, you know, being black hair, you know, white beard does, doesn't look well. So we started talking about it. And there's this... Um, person who a lot of people will know out in the industry up in Ticonderoga, who is a um, an Elvis impression, uh, impersonator. And uh, yeah, James Colley, James Colley. So we kind of threw a uh, softball sideways <laughs> on that. Um, but the interesting thing about this is we were getting ready to shoot this. And I have to take this up because it is itchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, probably itchy and getting hot. And it's itchy. So um, I, I picked up the wig and I was supposed to shoot and Vance is on top of me. Frank, you got to get a shot. You got to get a shot. You know, typical, typical him and I working together. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. I, I was off on, I think it was a, um, uh, science fiction convention that weekend. I can't remember where we were, but we were gone. And I knew it came in. So I said, okay, when I get home, what I'll do is I'll shoot it Sunday night. Well, we got there and it was nowhere to be found. And we couldn't figure out where it was. Donna working for the post office tracked it down, said it was supposed to be here. Well, it turned out it was delivered across the street on our main road. And we couldn't get it. So I'm sitting there going, well, let me see if I can get it overnight from Amazon. That's where I got the original one. So I said, okay, so went in, filled it out, paid another 16 bucks. Day and a half later, Donna comes in and she's got a packet and it's about this big. So I looked at it and I picked it up and I felt that I said, did you order a sweater or something? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, she says, it's addressed to you. So I opened it up and it was a package of six of these things. Oh my God. Six? <laughs> One for you and all your friends. <laughs> All right. So what must have happened? And meanwhile, during that whole thing, the the one from across the street finally made it over here. So I have seven of these. Oh my god! You what, can have a whole crew. <laughs> what apparently happened was, I put that. You know, I you know, I said quantity one. Well, I looked at the bag it came in, and it said. 
quantity one. So some brilliant picker at Amazon <laughs> looked down and said, oh, quantity one, six. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one bag with six of the wigs in it. <laughs> well, it one bag, right? <laughs> That's great. Oh, the, whole, the whole story of like doing the 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 wigs, I I had... I've had a mullet wig for years and I, I would laugh with my friends because I, I, I bought when I saw it in, I don't know, some costume place. This is going back maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I would I would go to Walmart and just fucking wear the wig and, and, and we'd laugh amongst ourselves because I, I do dumb shit to just amuse myself. And, you know, I have no I have no pride, you know. So I just do it and, you know, it looks it blends right in with my beard, you know, and, you know, so it's like, eh, whatever, you know, and I don't know where it went to. I think one of my friends might have stolen it or something because I couldn't find it for the love of me. And we, you know, fast forward to years later, I bought another one to amuse my son. And, you know, because I we would when he was in diapers, I'd put a, a diaper on my head and I'd have a diaper <laughs> mullet. And then he'd do one too, and it would amuse ourselves. So when I finally saw another one in the store, I was like, I'm going to buy a mullet wig. And so it's called Why Keep the Insanity in Just One Generation. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So uh, we finally get to this film, and it, you know, I, I was thinking, I was like, well, obviously, you know, me being bald, you know, you know, baldy. Like, nobody's going to take that as this is a, a guy young in his career. Right. So what can, what can I do to make myself look young? And I was like, I look really stupid shaved because then, like, my, my triple chins pop out. And, you know, <laughs> I don't want that because my wife, my wife will literally not touch me, you know, until my hair grows back. Oh, that, so, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, it, it is not. It is not. A good I, thing. I shaved one time and I got chastised. By this one sitting right here was told, do not do that again. And so yeah. I said, all right, keep it up. And I'm going to have chops. I'm going to do lamb chops or something. Maybe just a mustache and get a white van with no windows. Something cool like that. <laughs> you got it. You're missing the free candy that's on the side of the, you know, that's it's nylons. But the, uh, but the, uh, it, it came, uh, you know, I, I, I got to thinking about that mullet. And I was like, you know, if, if we're going to have to look young, obviously I can only do so much, you know, looking young. So I was like, Let, let's just play into it. Let's have fun with this. You know, let, let's make it fun. Because obviously nobody's looking at a Vance Major film going, man, this is technically a great, you know, Steven Spielberg type film, you know, or Martin Scorsese type film. Like, mm-hmm. obviously my fans know I'm just trying to tell the story. So what can I do to make this you know, you get the illusion, you know, join with me. So the mullet wig was, was that. And then I, you know, Frank and I thought that would be really funny to kind of, you know, l- laugh at the James Cawley hair, you know, cause in some of those Star Trek continues, his hair is just like, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> and, and so I thought if I'm going all out with this, Frank, why don't you go all out with it? You know, cause that's one thing about Frank is like, we get each other's sense of humor, you know, and it, it's, it's always a lot of fun. Like we, in some of our films, like our characters really go at each other, like just real, 
you know, um, and there's a lot of tension there, but this is before those days, you know, um, let's have some fun with it, you know? And, and so we were like off to the races we went and, and this was just a real feel good film, you know, uh, and, and to see him in that wig, it was very satisfying, you know? Um, and it's not the only wig that he wears and, you know, we, we have a, we have a person on the ch- we used to have on the channel by the name of Zam with a nerd tube, and he will not watch a film if I don't have a wig on it. <laughs> they, they <laughs> he'll, he'll rate they, he'll rate my films lower. <laughs> yeah, he's he's actually said before he's like you know it, it, like they have like rating systems you know good bad you know or one through five and and he'll actually give it an extra bump up if we have a wig or if my That's my good. evil. <laughs> Or if, or if my evil character, the Phantom, is in there, like that'll instantly get like one bump up because he lo- they love seeing me play an evil character because um, I, I I do it pretty well. Or if they if or Frank is wearing a wig, they those are two things that instant bump up, you know. So it's like uh, that's why the one film that we just did, uh, Zero Hour, like Zam was like, dude, the two things I love in a fan film, Frank in a wig, you as the Phantom, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was cracking up as soon as I saw the first wig. And then when the second one came on, I was cracking up even harder. So I, I definitely had an appreciation for both of them. The beauty of the second time is you don't ever see Vance play that type of character. It was just, <laughs> uh, I, eating my knee. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love I loved I loved playing kind of a more awkward, you know, like oh, I I I gotta go to the yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. I I had a milkshake for lunch, like yeah, like I I love the fact that he's talking to this admiral, you know, ready to shit himself, you know, like, just like I gotta go, you know, and it's it's such a it's such a different dynamic than what my character's used to playing because I've played my character, you know, in in an authority type role or in kind of a. Uh, you know, uh, following orders or, you know, angry or sad or like I've played them in a lot of different type of situations. And I've always said before, like, there's not really much I haven't done with the character, but to play him in this type of, you know, kind of awkward, uh, silly kind of situation, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to do that. And, uh, uh, with the wig, like I said, it's, uh, I just felt like it was just icing on the cake, you know, it was a lot of fun to do. And, and the fact that the story, like there was an actual story there. It wasn't just us parodying ourselves. It was, we were actually telling a, a story that had, uh, had something to do with the overall, you know, time travel stuff within the, the Constar universe. I really liked the, the crossovers. It was very nice to see a uh, cameo by Alec Peters playing Garth. And yep. uh, it was great to see Dreadnought Dominion, the, uh, the ship itself. So here is my first criticism sure. uh, yep. on, on this. Uh, Going to be critical, not cynical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So we, we just, uh, Nico and I just watched the episode uh, about 30 minutes ago, about 30, 40 mm-hmm. minutes ago. So it's fresh. I would have to say, and it might just be me being dense today, but I had a hard time understanding what was going on. I, I understood that you two were playing younger versions of your characters. So I knew that there was some kind of something that had to do with being in the past, but I didn't quite grasp. Is this 
was it is, is this a, like a, a telling of a story that happened in the past or is this all in the in the past and i've just missed that it. it's like a a prequel um to, to your your first off you're you're not wrong um <laughs> what's that now i said not at all no no um if, the origin of this story, first off, the the story that Alec um, was telling of of his future self, that was actually an original script that I had written uh, before COVID, and I was supposed to originally go to Airy Studios and film with Alec because Alec wants me to come down there and film, and I've wanted to go down there for years. I just we never were able to get it done, and before. COVID was a thing. I think COVID actually kind of went full blown around March and I was supposed to go yeah. to studios. Yeah. Um, and I was supposed to go there, I think May of uh, that year, May or June. And because of the whole COVID thing and people losing their jobs and, and, you know, not even having gas money at the time to do things. Uh, you know, I, I put all my productions on hold um, and and put a pin in that, which is why you see from that time period, I, I kind of did more at home type deals where we could social distance and everything. Um, so that script that I had was supposed to be um, kind of our version of yesterday's enterprise where uh, the Aries kind of comes into this nebula into the future where they meet the Menard that's on the Constar in uh, the next generation time period. And history hasn't changed or anything, but Menard um, tells him, um, you know, you've got to go back because you're, you're, you're kind of destined for important things. Um, and, and Garth is like, I don't want to go back. Dude, we almost like, no. And Menard's like, you know, on a personal level, like, you know, not only history, but like personally, like you're going to impact my life. Like you've, you've got to go back. And by the end of the story, um, you know, they, he decides, okay, I'll, I'll go. Um, and he kind of steps up uh, and uh, they head back. Um, obviously, since I haven't uh, been to Aries studios and it was years um, after the whole COVID thing, um, I, I kind of dusted off that script and looked at it and was like, okay, what, what could we tell that's kind of just looking at that story? What, what if we told the story of, you know, Garth finally gets back to, to the TOS time period? What then? He'd kind of be looking at stuff going, I don't really know what the hell happened. Uh, you know, um, you know, I met people I don't know. I, I saw stuff. I'm not really sure what it was. You know, um, so he'd kind of be looking at stuff, just going, what? You know, kind of like if we were tossed 200 years in the future, we really wouldn't know how to explain some things. How would you explain to somebody in the 1800s a cell phone, you know, or hell, even a telephone for that matter? They, they wouldn't know what the fuck they, to explain it, you know. So I thought, let's let's have that story be told, um, even though the audience really wouldn't know the story of what we wanted to do. Um, we could kind of tell this type of story. Um, so that was that was why it was somewhat confusing for, for someone um, like you who doesn't know the full mythology of Constar stuff. And it's still kind of confusing for someone who does. So I get where you're coming from. And it's not a, that's not a you issue. That's just a, eh. it, it, did, is, it is what it is. Right. It did seem to me, and you can kind of confirm with me, Nico, that uh, – 
it's almost kind of like the the MCU where you can watch a particular movie and understand it, but there's been buildup somewhere else in other films that kind of gives you a, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It's, it's state of reference. Yes, yeah, state of reference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when you watch Avengers Infinity War or any of the Avengers movies, if you'd watched everything else, you kind of understand pieces a little more. And so right. that that may be, do you feel the same way about that? Um, <laughs> I, she I, just woke up. I just, no, I, I actually. Anything I was saying. I, no, I actually <laughs> kind of got that there was something going on and I didn't, I wasn't really questioning as much. <laughs> This time, I guess. <laughs> okay, so now I look like the asshole. No, no, see, no, 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 no. I have a critic, a critical discussion, and I've had this with with Vance before, and I actually had to do a little bit of that in Rebirth, and then the transition. Sometimes I don't see the transition as well as I should. But the thing is, is it's all part of that sphere. So if you're not used to watching Constar, sometimes you lose that. And there are elements of Constar in Crossroads. So sometimes I'll have to say, like, uh, I, I put a minor little scene in to bridge the next episode because more of an arc instead of a just okay, this is coming out of left field to me. And I have mentioned that to, to Vance before, and I'll never work with me again. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just the way he writes, and sometimes uh, sometimes you assume prior knowledge. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, I, I, I love the fact that both of you guys are sitting there, and you both watched the same thing 30 minutes ago, and you both walked away with a, a similar yet completely you know, completely different uh, take on it. Um, you know, one of you complete, was completely fine going, yeah, I know there's something there, but eh, it didn't take away from, and the other one was like, eh, I, I, I kind of needed that. Like it, it's, you know, um, so I, I appreciate that because that's a perfect example of like, you know, pick your poison, you know, um, for me, when I write, um, I, I go into it, you know, when I, when I talk about Frank to somebody, I, I do talk about, you know, our years of jokes and history and whatnot. And, and that's, um, that's the way people are just in general. You know, when I'm talking to Mona about Frank or when I'm talking with you about Frank or when I'm talking to anybody, I never say, look, my good friend, Frank. And then I go through a whole complete lit. I just, that's not how we are as people. So when I write, I write, you know, uh, crossroads or dreadnought dominion or an avalon like i'll write anything but i do make all these connections because it's like that's how real life works we have connections just organically and that's the way things are if, unless we say no this is completely self <laughs> don't make any reference it's 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 its own thing it's a void of everything else um so when i when i go into an episode i i connect it to other things in my universe because you know, if if I had a budget of like a hundred million dollars, I I might go. I'm not connecting it to nothing. I'm doing my own self-contained. But the only thing I have is, hey, if you like this, go watch my other films. You know, I don't know um, where it can stand. 
yeah, I don't. I, if I had money, I wouldn't need you, Frank. Except your wig. I, you know, take, just the wigs. After yeah, just all the wigs. Your six wigs. My good looks. It, it, well, it is with the six wigs. Somebody is sending you a very clear message. You know. <laughs> But one, no, for, one for each day of the week, right? <laughs> that's, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's 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 how I write is, uh, you know, connecting everything organically. Because like I when I'm watching something, I enjoy realizing, oh, there's an entire mythos here. What else is there? Let me go and watch this. Let me go watch it. Like like you were talking about, um, you know, recognizing the 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 the, the, the dominion. In, in the film. Um, so you made that connection. You recognized Alec Peters as Garth. You know, so you made that connection. Um, those things I enjoy because that might get me, you know, an Alec Peters fan who loves action art. They might come over and say, well, let me watch, you know, Constart films. And then they might uh, become a fan, you know, or, uh, you know, a, a Dominion fan might come over and say, hey, let me watch this. It, it's pretty good. You know, um, it, it's it's one of those things where I feel like that's what we're strong at is is building those bridges and connections. Um, but it's also a weakness because somebody who has no idea who any of these people are is like, well, who the fuck is that? What, what What's what's going on here? I, I don't know who anything is and, and I don't know what's going on. Uh, in fact, that's where we got dinged. You brought up NerdTube earlier. <laughs> their their first reaction to us was watching the film Menard 2 Hemorrhage. And we got slammed completely for that one because they had no idea of anything that was going on. And justifiably so, you know, it, it's that whole story arc was dumped right in the middle of something. And, and that was the first one they watched, you know. So with these films, I completely understand getting confused like what what's going on here so i love the fact that both of you guys are watching this and, and getting kind of a different experience um with the backstory so and i know that there's probably because you've got between 15 and 30 minutes for these fan film productions and there's going to be some shorthand in the stories where you make these references or connections and you can't go into depth on all of them. You don't have the time to do that. So when you make those mentions, those connections, it kind of, you kind of rely a little bit on the audience having done their homework, having followed your other films and having watched those. And you're right. When it comes to the reviews, that can be kind of tricky because uh, when you guys started in what was 2012, 2013, whatever it may be, uh, when did you guys do you remember when you started out doing all this? When did I, I think Frank, Frank did before I did, I believe. Oh yeah. It, it was at least uh, 2010. I started working with Farragut. Yeah. So yeah. you've, you've got then like I, I wasn't there along the way the whole time. So from, from an outside perspective, I, I get that you kind of, you're jumping in at a point where you haven't been with it the 10 years to know all the buildup again, another good example is Avengers. There was 10 years yep. plus buildup to all of that. And, uh, you know, if you just drop right into the middle of it, yeah, you're going to understand some things, but not others. Um, but I, I understood a lot of the cameos and, you know, I got most of it. We had some good. Well, ideas, that's, so that well, well, and that's, that's, that's one of the things of, uh, uh, of walking the walking the fine line of uh, it, it's 
walking the fine line of, uh, you know, telling a, a basic enough story. Um, like one of the films that I told, um, and I forget, I forget which one it is, but it's, it's been, it starts, it's a very simple story, but Menard, he's, it starts off with him walking and he's kind of looking out toward uh, this lake. And then he sits down at this campfire and he's writing a note to his father. And um, uh, it's, you know, he's basically just talking about, uh, you know, you, you treated me like shit my whole life yelled why was i not good enough you know um you know everything i tried to do good it was it was bad you know it was you know, basically human garbage to me man like the shit sucks you know but it was you know basically a monologue the it was, it was certainly the camera circling Bernard most of the time and every once in a while it would do flashes of uh uh my friend drew who played uh, Menard's father in a very old uh, Starfleet uniform, um, and in a, you know yelling at you know yelling at the camera, which is supposed to be Menard. Um, and then in one instance, he's like punching the wall, you know. Um, so it's um, and then at the end, he takes the note, folds it, and throws it into the fire. And then at the end, you see Menard kind of walking away, and right there standing is is kind of the the spirit of Menard's father. And you see him watching Menard walk away. Um, but it's a very simple story because it's like you don't have to have any of the knowledge of people in Menard's life or hell, even Menard. It's just a very simple story of someone who's dealing with uh, physical abuse, um, you know, from a parent. And it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's always a fine line of what to when you want to tell a story, like what what do I want to tell? And what do I want to get accomplished out there, you know? Um, and I, it, it's very therapeutic to do these films because I can, I can always, you know, tell the the stuff, my frustrations. Um, I can always deal with that and put them out there in these films. Um, and they're always very personal things. Um, but it's always a fine line of uh, what connections do you make? How personal do you want to make it? And then, um, you know, how how in depth on these uh, cameos do you want to do? You know, so it's it's tricky though sometimes because again you got to realize some people have no idea who these people are. Some people are walking into this and they love those things because they're they're wanting to see the cameos. They're wanting to to feel this rich universe. You know, so it's it's always hard to to please everyone. But at the end, you just got to look at it and see what what story do I want to tell uh, in this one. And that's why I make so many is because it's like my mind. It, it's like it like splinters off and then splinters and splinters and splinters. And it's like, there's so many stories. Hell, even now there's so many that I want to tell. That's one reason why I stopped. Cause I'm like, if I never stop, I'm not going to, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you, you have to put limitations on yourself, but um, you know, it's, it's go ahead, Frank. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's interesting too, when, when you're, you're dealing in the, in the type of uh, environment we're in now uh if i walk into uh let's say a constar film i expect for the writer and if let's say it wasn't vance i'm just saying you know to to try to look at what i've developed over crossroads over dreadnought and you know in the way my character reacts i mean there's certain things i wouldn't uh 
I wouldn't go out and grab a bottle of gin and just slug it down because that's not my character. So yeah. you have to be careful how you write for the other <laughs> actors when you're working in a cameo and you're working in a, in a, uh, a multi-universe type of group. And some people can't do that. Some people want to change that. Or, which is even worse, is when somebody comes up and says, hey, can you play this Admiral, blah, blah, blah? No, I play my character. You know? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've had, I've, had, uh, I've had both those instances. Like some, one, I had someone ask me, uh, hey, can, can we have Menard? Uh, you want to be in this film? I said, you know, sure, why not? Because you know, at the time I was doing cameos, um, and I'm always willing to help anyone out in a film because when I when I first started, nobody nobody really wanted me in their film because I was just some fat guy in a Star Trek outfit. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, realistically, that's why I'm so appeasing to anyone who wants to be in a film. I'm like, no, come be in my film because I've I've been that guy that nobody wanted in their film, and I I hate it. it's a terrible feeling, man, especially when you are so readily available and you have that appetite. Um, it, it's a shitty feeling that, you know, man, nobody wants me around. It's like that schoolyard where you're like, man, I, you know, don't pick me last, please. I, I, I can kick really good, you know? Um, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where they ask me, they're like, Hey, you want to be in my film? I said, sure. They're like, yeah, I, I, I want it to where Menard, he beams down to a planet and, and he attacks this village and, and, you know, he just he shoots all the, the, the people in the village and, and he kills them. And then the Starfleet ship flies up and, and he can beam away. And I'm like, it, it, is this, is this the mirror universe or, or what? Cause, cause I, I can play that character. I've, I've done the Phantom. I can be him. Are, are we talking about mirror Menard? And he's like, no, no, this is just regular Menard. I'm like, have you seen Star Trek? Like that's, that's, that's not Starfleet. Like what? the fuck are you talking about dude like i i don't you know um so it's you know frank's very very right and um you know you have to write the character the way they're supposed to be um one of the things i like about being constar is um or being writer for most of the constar stuff because you know if somebody wants to write for constar i'm like go ahead you know let me see the script and what can we do to make it happen you know i'm, I'm pretty open with my actors um, if they want to do something, I, you know, I help them get it made. Um, but like when I think, well, how would Frank react to this situation? And that's how we write Grissom, you know, or um, if, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, how would, you know, like you, for instance, if I think, you know, how would Jefferson react in this situation? You know, based on what I know of you, I don't think, well, this character is going to do that. I think, no, how would Jefferson react to this? And that's how I write the character. And right. and then that character just becomes you. So because because we're all fans and because we're doing this as a hobby, it makes it easier for you to act. And therefore, it's not acting. It's just you in a Starfleet uniform doing what you do best, you know, and, and it makes it easier because then you're like, OK, what's my lines? And you can read it and then put it yeah. down. OK, here, blah, 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 you know. Um, but like all this stuff is just what's easiest for the people, you know. Um, but, uh, I think that's one thing that all the concert films has to its advantage is, you know, we are accessible if you want to get in on, on the ground floor and do as many or as little as possible, you know? Um, but I certainly understand from an outsider's perspective of what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was, I you followed know? most of it. I mean, I, I uh -huh. had the general idea, but I knew that there's something that I, sh I need to have seen. If I had seen, I'd understand just a little bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. But 
you know, I mean, you. Well, I I didn't pick up on all the cameos, and that's just you know I didn't know because you know I haven't. And Frank? I haven't. Yeah, no, I know, but there there were other people that you recognized that I didn't, and it's just you know my exposure. Like I knew that Vance and Frank were were intentionally have added the humor because that's part of what they like. And so, you know, I got that. Um, so I think it's just, you know, in the realm of your experience, what you've been exposed to, you know, that's a major piece of what you're taking away from it. So, you know, I, I guess in part of me, I was, I wasn't being pick nitpicky <laughs> in, in certain areas and, you know, like me just seeing some of these people, like I, I will see something else by them later. And then, you know, I'll be like, oh yeah, they were in that other film. So I love the fact that, you know, there's that intentional connection being written amongst things because it's the respect for the other people doing things. And I love the fact that you're respecting the characters as they are, and it makes them more believable and, and realistic. So you know, it's really, that's really noticeable. Can you bring up a very good point that I wanted to talk with you guys about from what I've gathered in these films, it seems like, and I don't know if this was intentional or just happened to, to work out this way, but you guys have that character that you always play. You've got that set character. And it feels like to me that what helps these, these stories and these cameos is when you have that character like whenever we see Vance, we know he's playing Menard. Whenever we see Frank, we know he's playing. Well, uh, now I'm sorry, the character's name Grissom. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> when, so their name is Mud. Is that what it was? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my name's Chopped Liver. Soon, if I keep forgetting these things. <laughs> but you know, when you when you see you, you know that unless you're in a completely drastically different uniform, like your, your Romulan uh, centurion uniform. That is one thing about me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I play those two roles. Yes. Then, you know, you know, that's a whole other role, but if we see you, either of you in uh, uniform, Starfleet uniform, odds are you're playing some version of your character in some part, whether it's, uh, the father, grandfather, son, like you're, you're minority or Grissom. And that was one of the things I thought about uh, when I thought, when I said, you know, I've, I've got that desire to do films as well. And I see what all of these guys are doing is they play that character. It's that same character and they don't deviate from that. Uh, do you find that you only have maybe one chance to do that before you mess up and <clears throat> have have a person playing different characters and them missing that bus on being able to establish the one so that when you see them, you know who they are? Well, you know, t- take a look at it from an old standpoint. Do you remember shows like Gunsmoke, Star Trek, yes. things like that? They had characters that re- Prize different roles all the time. So it can be done. But if you're trying to establish your character to go through, uh, even if you're a minor character, let's say Chester on Gunsmoke. Well, Chester did this, this, and this. You're never going to see him walk without a limp, but he's really a minor character. But you expect Chester to see that. 
Leonard Nimoy comes on, he's usually playing some type of bad guy. So you know he's probably going to be a bad guy. But then you have like John Daner, who would be a good guy in this one, and he'd be a bad guy in that one. So it all is how you play it, makeup, and believability. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. For me, I... uh... I, I I don't think I was locked into to anything because um, I and, and Frank, tell me if you agree with me on this. I, I feel like I've played both with with doing Fanta. Like it, it, it's, it's, for so long, I was in the red and blue hoodie, like blue shirt, red hoodie. And that was me. Red, red hat, red hoodie, blue shirt. And that was Menard. And then <laughs> the one thing. Uh, cause you, in a couple of episodes, I had mirror Menard, which would be, uh, he'd be in the, my, my version of the mirror universe outfit or whatnot. And, you know, um, everybody loved how I played the evil Menard and, and, and they just thought it was great. Cause they were like, man, this guy's such a dick. Um, and then in one episode, I, I thought I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it on these guys. And one episode Menard's wearing green. And he's got a blue shirt, green hat, green hoodie, and he's helping everybody out. And and and, and everyone's, you know, hey, we got to save this ship. We got to do this. Got to do this. Got to, you know. And it's a real who done it type story. And it's very simple, but it's, you know, he's helping out the people that we're used to seeing and whatnot. And by the, you know, we get down to the end, and everybody leaves, and Menard's monitor goes off, and he presses the button, and it's mirror and it's mirror Spock. And he says, Minard, what are you doing? And Minard is what they call is what we've called Mirror Universe Menard. And he, and Mirror Spock says, Minard, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden this evil smirk comes on Menard's face. And you realize the man in green is Mirror Menard. So the person we spent the whole time with in this episode wasn't Menard. And you're like, dude, so you want to go back and watch the whole episode again because you realize you've been watching the wrong guy. And it, it's it's shit like that that I've I've played um, such a real asshole in fan films, like <laughs> enough to where like I, I I will tell everybody next week is is the Avalon's Crisis. Watch that film because if you're a fan of the Phantom, he's in that, and it is I, I will tell you it is probably my favorite fan film, even out of any of mine. It is the greatest fan film that is out there. I'm I I say it bar none. It is, it is great. Um, it's got a little bit of everything. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really see it as I was ever locked into playing a certain character or, or, um, I, I was ever trapped or, or anything like I, I saw, I, I mean, I played good Menard. I played bad Menard. I played Kelvin Menard, um, like, like for long periods of time. Um, and they were all subtly different because I, I always wrote the stories based on how am I feeling? <laughs> so then I wrote a script with this Bernard and then this Bernard. And then, um, so it was always just enjoyable to do a different version. Um, and to have people be able to look at me and, and look past me as, uh, as a person and go, Oh, that's Bernard when he's, when he's on screen, that's Bernard. Or like if, you know, as, as opposed to like sitting here right now in my office, um, when they see me on screen in a, in a scene, 
they're like, oh, he's in a red hoodie. Oh, that's regular Menard. Or he's in a green hoodie. Oh, that's mirror Menard. As opposed to, oh, he's at Walmart. Oh, he's just a fat guy going to Little Caesars. You know, like I, I you know, I love that. You know, um, to me, that that's one of those things where that that goes way past like um, I, an icon status or something. Like you can't put money on that. That's just that's really cool. You know, not many people get to do that. So. Um, I mean, Frank, is that is that the same? Do you feel the same way having played Grissom? Yeah, I mean, I've played Muir Grissom. I've played Grissom. Uh, I played Grissom's great grandfather when I first started, Sam Black. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that. We were talking about that. I kind of probably brought down the genes to Sam Grissom. Uh, you know, from from that, I mean, in the few episodes that I played for for Lee. Um, when I was with Farragut, of course, I was always a background a a actor. So I, except for one where I actually was Grissom, um, was one of their last ones. So I was either, you know, helping the crew or I was, uh, behind the scenes as a, uh, uh, Romulan, uh, with one line or a, uh, you know, a guy in a blue shirt sitting over on the bridge side, uh, you know, playing with dials. And then of course with Dreadnought. Uh, I played Grissom all the time, um, kept the same type of attitude when I came back. Uh, the only thing that I can say is my next challenge is going to be what we're planning to do for Romulan Ales. Yeah. And after watching him, and I, you know, I, I don't know if he's got it out yet, but I, I watched something by George Kion last night, Kion last night, and uh, watching how he did what I'm going to be doing was interesting. Yeah. Looking forward well, to know, that one as well. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, going back to where you say, you know, when people look at the thing, um, you know, the, the character, you know, they see us on screen and they're like, oh, that's, that's Menard. Um, like I've played, uh, in my own films, uh, I've done, I've done one that's, uh, JJ Abrams too. I'm sorry. I just remember I did that one in the JJ Abrams, you know, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I started, or I, I've been in uh, one of Russell Emanuel's films. Um, it's not out yet, but it's, uh, it's being edited, um, right now. Um, but that that it's clearly not um and i, I can't speak about it um the specific the, the specifics of it um but it when you watch it you'll be like oh that's not menard it's clearly not menard um but like when in my film uh called pursuit i was gonna um, say gonna, you're definitely not menard there yeah no i'm i'm an abusive father that runs down the stairs chasing after his daughter fucking screaming at her uh you know uh <laughs> i mean i'm yelling to high heaven uh, yeah. I mean, I'm and I'm I'm clearly not uh, right before the superhero comes out and just pummels me. Um, and it's a it's a short uh, six, seven minute, eight minute film. Um, and then the the dead inside films that I was in, I was in I was in two of them out of my trilogy of, of uh, film uh, dead inside films, which are zombie films um, that I uh, produced, directed, wrote. Um, and that's clearly not Menard. Uh, the dude's kind of a, an insane guy, but it's it's how he's dealing with the apocalypse. Um, you know, um, that's clearly not Menard. Um, so it's 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 uh, 
you know, it, we've done other things. Um, and I, like I said, with, with both Grissom and Menard, um, you know, we've played different versions of those characters. So it's, I, I think the fact that we're able to, it, it's not like it was in the sixties where they kind of were, were locked into the, just that character. Um, like we've had the, we've been able to, to stretch out, you know, um, kind of like when Spock gets, you know, hit with that laughing gas and is laughing up a storm, you know, just so he can get to stretch his you know, range. I think Frank and I've been able to do that. Is, is that accurate, Frank? Oh yeah, I, I think I think that we're there. Well, you know, um, I think one of our our better ones, uh, our better scenes was when we were extremely tense, and you don't usually see me get as tense as I did in that scene. The only other scene that I can think of that I even got close to to that tense was with uh, Randy and I when we were doing your recall, and and you know I was being manipulated by him, and I was not too pleased with it. Because usually Grissom is the type of person who will sit there and he'll think about it. And a lot of people say, well, you don't do a lot of heroic things. Well, I'm not a Kirk. I am not a Picard. I am in some ways more of the anti-hero. I'm a damaged commander. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of I would like to see a Grissom where, where, like Kirk, you know, he gets his shirt torn and ripped off. That's the film I want to see. What do you think, Jefferson? I think that seeing just Frank ripped, I'm sure he's got the Ricardo Montalban as Khan <laughs> chest. Yeah, and just, saying, yeah. just the traps, you know, doing some good <laughs> pull downs. And some biceps, yeah. triceps. Frank's yeah. body. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's body on on, on <laughs> Yeah, I, I see it. I see it vibrating there, Frank. Is that you too vibrating, or <laughs> we're getting ready for our pole workout later? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about you, honey? Oh, would man. you want to? Would you want to see these guys? All of us. How about all of us? Just shirts ripped off, big oh, fight scene. I don't know about that. <laughs> you love it. You love it. I You'd love dump it. the mud over these guys. Oh my goodness! Well, we just lost like we just lost like twenty subscribers. <laughs> this isn't Magic Mike, right? Don't put me on the spot. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Get you in. I'm, I'm going to put you on blast right now. This is the new commercial for Jello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, you guys are hot. <laughs> sure is. 98 degrees out. Yeah, here. really, yeah. I've, I've got a studio light right on me. That's that's hot right there. <laughs> so so on, on this film, what uh what do you was there was there any questions about like our our like continuity or like what did it make you want to watch more of the films or or curious about any more of them like what what did you walk away from the film going um like as 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 a as a fan of of, of fan films um and 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 don't 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 think because i'm the filmmaker you gotta say oh okay how can i kiss vance's butt like like for real be like nah dude i i it turned me i i really had no desire to watch any of your films after this you know like <laughs> like for real like like pros and cons because you can never make a better film if you never know the the good or the bad so like critically like uh because this was etching toward the end of the films and i i kind of wrote this going you know i just want to make a film doing this and be kind of silly 
I mean, let's have some fun. Um, what, what did it leave you with? What I already like is seeing the cameos, seeing the, the crossovers and seeing the characters and the people that I've already met. And then I know, like, for example, in this one, it was awesome seeing Alec. We did an interview with him and it was awesome seeing you, Frank and Vance, because it's, it's like, OK, yeah, I know these guys. Um, do I want to watch all of your films? Yes, of course. The thing that's kind of daunting to me is it's kind of like when a new Star Trek fan comes in and they're faced with 13 movies, 800 plus hours of episodes and you feel like, well, shit, where do I even start? Um, yeah. And you and you look at that like, a, you know, on, on your channel, I think it was what, about a thousand videos. Uh, they may not all be Star Trek related, but. Like, yeah, it's like 160 some just on the concert playlist. Yeah, it, it, right. it's overwhelming. Yeah. And I, I know I'm going to get through it, but it's, it's I have to keep telling myself and I'll ask you guys this. What's the best way to eat an elephant? I, I, you say one bite at a time. <laughs> there you go. One yeah. bite at a oh, time. I, I was going to say asshole first. But, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I absolutely. Take them out. You can dress them up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take me out in public. Exactly. I really, I really like it. And I'm, I know I'm going to be watching your guys' stuff. It's just a matter of I'm going to have to start somewhere and start building up and, and getting more of these in because there, there are a lot, uh, you know, but then again, these, these are 20 minutes or so episodes. It's a good, you know, knocks them out when I'm working from home and things like that. So yeah, I, I like them and I do look forward to seeing more because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a cameo and crossover guy. I just, I like it. I think that that's a bonus seeing that stuff. Don't know why. Just am. I would say, I, I'm sorry. I would say I want to watch more of that story of the, how the younger Menard gets to where he is as the older one. Um, so yeah, I would, I want to see like the, like the next story. Well, I, I will, there, there's a, there's a playlist on the, the, it's the first playlist on the, on the con, on the no budget productions channel. And, uh, it has them in order of, of like the timeline of, of Menard's timeline. So you, okay. you see, and, and I will tell you like the first episode, like the volume, the volume is terrible. It's called, I think it's called cageless. Um, and at that we were trying something different and it didn't really work. Um, but you kind of see what, where I was Maybe going outside without a mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on a windy day, no, no less. Now I, I know better. Um, but you, you see where he goes from, like Cage era to the TOS to the movies to then Next Gen DS Nine, uh, like all the way through like the Card era, like and and you understand. Well, how's he able to, you know, well, how's he able to live so long? Like, um, and you you get to see all these different characters. And if you're a fan of Deep Space Nine, that that helps some of their secondary characters are more fleshed out than some of next generation's main characters. You know, um, it really does flush out a lot of these secondary characters and, and their interactions. Um, but the thing that I enjoyed most about doing the Constar films was each, each one of these, uh, and, and I'll spoil it for both of you and, and the audience. 
um, the, the, the climax of all these films um, is a film called uh, The Eleventh Hour, which is, um, it takes place during Deep Space Nine's Sacrifice of Angels, the battle to retake DS9. And all of Menard's life um, was, it was kind of foretold, like, like he kind of gets these hints of one day you're going to, you're needed for something important. Like everything's built into something important. And he kind of gets these like hints of, of this and all of these lives touched. And, and at one point or another, you kind of, you never get the hint that any of these people are important, but in the 11th hour, you see all these people come together and, and how it's impacted. And after that battle, you realize that, man, if it wasn't for this shit that had gone on, like they were needed. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to do a story like that because we all go through life and we think we're not important. Who met? What does it matter? You know, I jockey register at a gas station or I go work at Walmart or I'm fast food worker. Or I don't, you know, stay at home parent or whatever. You know, we, we, we devalue ourselves naturally because a lot of us are pessimists, but we never know our own value until it's time. And then usually we don't realize till after the time. And that's the one thing that I think the Constar series shows us is when you get to that point, like we're all important, whether we think we are or not. And it's a, it was a great joy to, to write for all these characters and wonderful people and to share it with an audience, even though we're small, um, we have wonderful people both in front of and behind the camera and behind the audience screen um, that we get to share this with. And it's, it's just been all a blessing. So when you guys get to these films, I hope you really do enjoy them and enjoy them as much as we enjoyed making them. Cause it, it's been such a blessing. I know we will. Absolutely. And that that's one of the highlights of each week is okay. Which film is Frank going to give us uh, to look at? Frank and Vance going to give us a look at? You know, I want to want to see that one. Uh, honey, did you need to go? I know we're kind of long. Okay, we're going to talk some oh, more. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Really. Yeah. Thank you, Nico. Bye, Nico. I'll I'll pay you for your appearance. How much are you? Twenty dollars. I think I can. I can do I that. You're only giving us fifteen. I think it's chocolate shake. A chocolate shake. Chocolate oh, shake. Oh, <laughs> I can't get over the fifteen. Well, I actually need to be now. Let me switch chairs. Okay. Yeah, I can do a chocolate shake. Uh, that's that's no problem there. Let me situate myself here. Okay. Oops. Yeah, that's the kind of the rotation is well with. With the setup I've got here, there's not a lot of room. It probably looks like there's more than there is. And uh, when we do this, I've got a chair that's like up here, mm -hmm. uh, over here. And like we just kind of have to rotate it over um, instead of moving it. So it's like, yeah, shift, move, rotate, and that kind of thing. But the work you guys do on this stuff and on this film was good. It was really good. And that's, that's the only criticism that, that I have, which really is now that I, I say it and think about it, it's not really a criticism as much as it is. I I've got homework. Mm 
I'm going to understand these things a little more and a little more as I watch because it's it's kind of like DS9. There's some serialized undertones here and you understand DS9 more if you if you are you know you watch all of it because things are things are going the characters and their development and so forth has been established or done or said here and and, and, that's, and that's and that's one of the things like that's like a lot of people don't want to have to to do the homework <laughs> to right. enjoy a fan film. and i can't fault them for that like i and, and i say it with no ego um or or malice like you know my films aren't meant for a lot of people you know, my, you know, some people can't watch DS9. They just don't like that. They don't enjoy that type of storytelling. Um, you know, and I, I can't argue that point. Like, hey, it's not for everyone. Some people, hey, this is up your alley. If you, and I tell them, if you enjoy DS9, you'll enjoy this immensely. You know, it's not, of course, it's not the budget. Um, but it, if you enjoy that type of storytelling, um, you, you should probably enjoy it. Um, uh, you know, um, but some people, and uh, they, they've actually said that I don't have to do my homework to watch a film. I don't want to watch this crap. And I'm like, well, I get it. So oh, it's ironic that you say that because no, I mean, it, it's, it's true. And I get, I can't fault them. You know, it's, 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 I get it. I get it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed this one, man. It, 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 it was a lot of fun to do. Hopefully you have majority of your fans are the ones that are, willing to do that homework <clears throat> oh, yeah. because all it is, is watching more episodes that were released on YouTube before this one. And Pretty much. You, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of time. You're, you're already binging something on Netflix or Hulu or Disney plus or whatever. And some YouTube videos. That's the thing that I've, I've never quite understood is just this, this adversity to uh, putting in some time, some work to have a better understanding of something. Like if, if it's not something I can just easily click on a link and understand everything that's going on, if there's any prerequisites, then I'm out. Okay. Well, that's not really the kind of fan I want. I want somebody that's going to w watch the series and be faithful every episode and not come in uh, in the middle and complain like, oh, okay, well, I don't know what's going on. This sucks. Well, okay. Well, if you want to know what's going on, it, you understand a little better if you start with episode one and get back to number six where you're at. But, well, you know. It, it, it's like watching Cobra Kai in the middle of the third season. You're like, what? What's going on here? Like, sure. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's a bunch of people fighting. It's like, look, or, or, or Stranger Things. Like, I've never seen an episode, but I went over to my brother-in-law's house the other day and. And he was watching, I think it was in the middle of, of like the, the second season. I had no idea what the hell was going on. I, like, I can't complain about it because it's like, I, I, I need to, to start. Like, it, to me, it's just a bunch of kids running around in the dark. And, and, and I'm like, ah, okay. You know, and I know that's grossly underselling what, what the show is about and what the actors are doing. You know, it's like, I, I can't, I can't devalue that because I don't understand it, you know, and that's, that's a lot of what these fan films are about, you know, especially yeah. again, the, the story, the story that we're telling, you know, um, but, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Yeah. Yeah, sure did. Well, if you guys would like to wrap up, I've, I've said my piece, everything's out there. I really enjoyed what you guys did. Great film. Uh, looking forward to the next one. You're going to link for us to review and talk about the Frank Vance 
Thank you so much for the time tonight and looking forward to the next film that we review on Critical Not Cynical. We are beyond your podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash beyondtrek. 